It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lots of news coming out of the VMAC today. Of course, fans want to talk about Geno Smith. We got some clarity on his situation there. I'll give you the latest and my thoughts, of course. But today, for me, was all about the Seahawks introducing their coordinators. Adder Day, new defensive coordinator, Jay Harbaugh, special teams coordinator, and Ryan Grubb. And Grubb stole the show. Very impressive performance from him today. I'll give you my key takeaways, and I have some sound from him And he name-dropped a couple of players that were a little bit surprising and very, very interesting. We're going to talk mostly today about the Seahawks' new offensive coordinator coming up on Seahawks Forever. Welcome to the Seahawks Forever podcast. In-depth analysis on everything Seahawks. And now, here's your host, Dan Viennes. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for listening and viewing. Hit that like button on the YouTube channel and the bell button for notification of new episodes and subscribe to the channel. Same with audio. You can subscribe on Spotify for less than a dollar a month and get ad-free episodes, but otherwise the show is available on all podcast platforms. And if you just want to donate support, you can buy me a coffee or a beer. All those links will be in the description. Today was fun. You know, this coaching process has gone on for quite a while, uh, but it's all been pieced together. We got everybody in the same room together and we got to hear from them today. And uh, and I think, as I said in the intro, the guy who really carried the day is Ryan Grubb. But before we get to that, we all knew this was coming. Of course, talked about it at length on the show yesterday and on Monday with Corbin Smith, the Geno Smith situation. Um. If he was on the roster as of tomorrow, his $12.7 million salary, his base salary became fully guaranteed. And that led some to believe even the day the contract was signed, it was viewed as a potential out if things didn't go great last year with Smith. And certainly we know there is a lot of debate about how well that went. Gino's a very polarizing player, as many quarterbacks are. And and that's, that's just one thing I'll say for some for some context is unless you're one of the top five, let's say, unless you're Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen, and even in those markets, those players have their detractors at times. Most quarterbacks are polarizing. It's, it's the focal point of everything that you see. And I've, I've told this story on the show before, but my dad and I have argued for decades over certain quarterbacks. We hear it at draft time. It's just, it's the nature of the position. But regardless of how you feel about Geno Smith, the Seahawks see him as an asset, at least for now. And so as I predicted on the show yesterday, they let the deadline come and go with no change. Geno's on the roster. 
I say for now because the next key date now is March 18th. And that one really is, is, is much more important. If the Seahawks were going to consider potentially testing the market and seeing if there's interest in Geno out there from other teams in the way of a trade, that's the more important date because that's when they actually have to pay him cash. $9.6 million in a roster bonus. Um, and I'm not quite sure that they literally have to write him a check that day. It, it may be broken up into payments, but it, it, it hits their books on that day. And that's a lever that they can use if they are negotiating with other teams for a trade. They can offer to pay part of that um, in order to maybe extract a little bit higher compensation. But I think it's more than likely, and, and we're going to put this to bed for a few weeks now, <laughs> try to avoid the Geno Smith talk uh, because it's just so hot and uh, it, it gets a little tough at times. Just read the comments on yesterday's show and you'll see. Um, but for now, he's on the roster. And uh, I think based on some things that I'll, that I'll touch on that Ryan Grubb said today, that he's excited to work with him. And, and there's, there may be a real fit there in his offense for now. Um, so that's, that's the news of the day. Right. And it, it was interesting how it came out, but not surprising in 2024 that Gino posted uh, a tweet at about uh, 1030 this morning. God is good. And uh, that became pretty evident, even though he replied later and said, you know, I say that every day. Uh, but we all knew what the date was today. And then Adam Schefter, about 15 minutes later, reported that um, the Seahawks were intending to keep him on the roster. So let's check that box for now. Today was about the coaches. And uh, all of them got together at VMAC today. Jay Harbaugh, special teams coordinator. Um, you know, he's young and you can certainly see some of the characteristics from his family instilled in him. Very articulate, uh, very bright. And um, it'd be really interesting to see what he does with those special teams uh, units because they were good under Larry Izzo. And a lot of people wanted to retain him. Um, but histor historically speaking, never a bad idea to have a Harbaugh on your staff, right? Adender Day, I'm not going to talk a lot about him today. And here's why. My impressions of him, I, I wrote some words down here as, an, as I'm watching his press conference. Um, humble was the biggest one. I've got it circled. Very, I'll just say unusual to hear an NFL coach speak in some of the ways that he did. Extremely humble, very um, um, self-deprecating, um, funny, laughed at himself a few times. It became pretty evident early in his portion of the press conference that he hasn't done a lot of prep that this was such a whirlwind. He did say a couple of key points. He had never met Mike McDonald before. There was no history there. And so that tells me a couple of things. One, that, that McDonald was extremely open-minded about this whole process. And two, that John Schneider probably, this wasn't brought up today, but obviously his relationship with Dan Quinn, being the coordinator there in, da in Dallas, uh, and, and who had a long history with Durday, brought him to the States as an intern with the Atlanta Falcons, and that's how their relationship started, that he he probably got some insight from Dan, and that's where the name came from. Also, another word I wrote down was green. He's 
he's built a pretty strong resume early in his career as a defensive line coach. But I think a lot was made of the fact that Mike McDonald in his introductory press conference said that he's certainly going to call plays the first year, but then if his defensive coordinator at some point steps up and shows he's ready to call plays, that he'll hand that off to him, which I think is a, a really, really strong mark of leadership. And that McDonald realizes at such a young age already that being a head coach in the NFL is, is like a CEO type arrangement and that you can't try to extend yourself or spread yourself too thin. I don't see Adam Durday being ready to call plays anytime soon. This to me, um, to use a coaching analogy is like you, you take the, the raw player with traits and upside and you develop him and mold him. And this is a guy who is a sponge. He wants to learn. He has learned a ton in his career from a bunch of different um, areas, coaching different pro, uh, position groups, you know, coming up through uh, the European uh, player development program and playing for NFL Europe. He, uh, he just seems like a guy who's here to learn everything he can. And that he's just now hitting the ground running. Just got to town a day and a half ago, deflected some questions about personnel. He did say, and I thought this was his, the highlight of his um, interview. He was asked what he thought of the Seahawks personnel on defense. And he said when they played in Dallas this year, that even though he was obviously focused on his unit, he could feel the, and um, the way he put it, he could feel the speed and intent of the Seahawks defense. He was asked again later for more specifics on some of the players that were on hand. And if he thought the pieces were in place to run McDonald's system and be successful from the get-go. And he, he deflected that. He deferred. He said, I, it's not fair for me to answer that question without doing a deep dive. So he hasn't even, it sounds like, hasn't even watched tape yet. In stark contrast to what we saw from Ryan Grubb, we'll see that in a minute. Um, that Grubb's been planning for this for a long time. This is new to Durday. I It seemed to me, the impression I got was, this kind of came out, came out of left field for him. And maybe it was a little bit ahead of any timeline he may have had in his head about pursuing DC spots. That he wasn't on the radar of a lot of teams to be interviewed for defensive coordinator positions. And that this might have caught him a little bit off guard. Um, you know, that he was, he was, he was, he was headhunted and recruited and, uh, and convinced to take this position, but that he's ready for it. And he's excited about it. He's fun. That's another word I wrote down. And I think I tweeted that he's fun. It's not just the British accent. I mean, that's so unusual. It takes a minute to wrap your head around that. Uh, his favorite soccer team. He was asked, asked at the end, by the way, West Ham, which got a huge reaction, not all positive. I'm not a big Premier League guy, but uh, but that was fun. A little bit of a Ted Lasso moment there. Um, but he's just, he's really open. And um, we're so used to, in the NFL, seeing coaches that are tight, that hold back, that just give the cliche answers, that don't want to give away too much. We were spoiled a little bit by Pete himself. You know, there were things he would never tell us. But in some ways, also, he was very transparent, sometimes to a fault. But a lot of coaches, especially a lot of these position coaches and coordinators, man, they don't give you much. 
But there are others who are just so much fun to listen to because they love talking about ball. I think today is going to be one of those guys. He just needs to get comfortable, get to know the the personnel. And and uh, he even said that he didn't, he doesn't have connections or relationships with any of the new coaches on the staff. So he has to get, he just has to get to know guys. Um, he'll jump right into it. And certainly the process of getting ready for the draft, going to the combine together, um, those relationships will be built quickly. The story today for me is Ryan Grubb. I obviously had been aware of him for the last couple of years because he's been right here in Seattle as the offensive coordinator, of course, under Kalen DeBoer, doing such good work with the University of Washington. But as a guy who watches the Huskies on the field with an interested eye, um, I'm not a diehard Husky fan. In fact, of course, many of you know, I went to Wazoo. So I've been aware of him and I've, I've read comments about him, but I've never watched a press conference with him, an interview of any kind. I've only seen his work on the field. I think he knocked out of the park today. He blew me away. Very, very, very impressive. He has command. He is confident. He is sharp and bright. You can tell he's articulate. He's able to convey what he's thinking. He doesn't dodge questions. One thing that I have read about Grubb is that the press here, the local media loves him. And and I can see why now. It's not just because he's their bro, but they actually, he gives thoughtful answers to their questions. You can see how he would, um, he would ingratiate himself into the local press. And now he doesn't have to make an adjustment. Sometimes some of these coaches, you know, they go to bigger markets or different markets than they're used to different regions of the country. And uh, it's different, you know, guys go to New York and fail all the time because that press is different. So he's used to it. So he, he, he certainly, when he walked up there behind that podium today, he must've felt a level of comfort that most uh, newly hired coaches don't get to. Um, he, a couple of other points, he only met Mike McDonald a year ago. Didn't know him before then. They met at the combine, which I thought was interesting. And then someone asked a follow-up question. What were you doing at the combine? And this is one of the things I really, really am impressed by when it comes to Grubb. And I think it's a mark of his, his, uh, his, press, his press conference today. He was just there to learn and observe. Watch the quarterbacks. Watch how, how they're worked out. Talk to other coaches. He was just there to learn. And that was a consistent thread throughout his remarks today. How adaptable he is and how much he wants to take influences from all areas. College pro, mold them together into what is going to fit his current personnel and his offense the best. He then went on to say, that he has been preparing for this move for three years. That he has known for three years that the NFL was his ultimate goal. Yes, he did say on the record that he wanted the head coaching job when DeBoer left for Alabama. He was not considered for that job. They turned around quickly and hired Jed Fish. But that the NFL has been on his radar and has been a career goal that he's been working towards. For three years. So then they get the opportunity to go to Alabama 
And we've lived through this process as Seahawk fans from the other side. The Alabama fans experienced from another viewpoint. All the turmoil they had to go through of losing Nick Saban and then DeBoer coming in. He's not an SEC guy. There were some strong thoughts on both sides of the ledger uh, from their fans. And then is our offensive coordinator even going to come with him? Because just, just when you think your staff is set, then the rumors start and the reports that Grubb is involved in the, in the process here. And then he shows up on signing day a week and a half ago, and he stands behind a podium in Tuscaloosa in front of the Red Elephant Booster Club and says, I'm Ryan Grubb. I'm your new offensive coordinator. Stories are then written by their press that it's official. The word official was used. It's official. He's staying. He's either turned down the Seahawks or they're going a different direction. He's our offensive coordinator. And then less than a week later, uh, he shows up at Dino's Pub with McDonald and Schneider. And then the news breaks that night that he is indeed coming to Seattle. He was asked about that process. And what he said, I thought, said a lot about him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think just in the situation we were in made it tougher. Um, just that he was getting getting it started out in Alabama and, you know, wanted to be there for him. But, you know, I knew this is what ultimately that I wanted to do if the right situation came up. Uh, you know, the timing is, is so difficult to really describe. So I think that was the hardest part was being in that position where the timing wasn't going to be perfect. And I think in this industry, the people that are in it, you, know, you just know that the timing is never going to be perfect. I thought that was cool. You know, there was, it was obviously awkward for him to go behind that podium in front of the Red Elephant Club and say, I'm Ryan Grubb. I'm your new offensive coordinator. In that moment, he knew that he wanted to be the Seahawks offensive coordinator. And he knew that, that, that it was trending that way. You know, there, throughout the process, there were some ebbs and flows and he was the kind of the front runner originally that was reported. And then, you know, there was um, interviews with Chip Kelly and the Seahawks tried to interview Mike Kafka and that was blocked by the Giants. And so, you know, we may never know how much of that was just John doing due diligence or maybe John being nervous that Grubb wasn't 100% in, that he was thinking about staying in Alabama. But I love how head on he took that question. You know, it's not easy. And I said that at the time. And, and you know, after he spoke behind the podium and, and you know, made that proclamation to uh, Crimson Tide Boosters, there were a lot of stories written where they used the word official. It's official. Ryan Grubb has officially stated he's staying in Alabama. These guys are put in a tough position. You know, there's, there's young men that are counting on them, that were recruited by them. Um. But another thing that he said at this press conference was, and, and again, brutal honesty from him, is he was asked about one particular recruit. And, and he said he told this recruit, and so we can presume that he told others as well, that, look, I may not be here to see you through to the end of your college career because I have these other aspirations. 
So this is where he wanted to be and has for the last three years. Now he's here. And so what are his offenses going to look like? And in, in contrast to Durday, and maybe because he's been here in Seattle, so he's been closer to it, but also because he admitted to us that he's been looking to do this for the last three years. And that mirrors, that matches up with the report from Albert Breer during this process that the NFL has been vetting Grubb for the last couple of years as well. And so this was going to happen at some point. But he's, he was a lot more familiar with, you talk about hit, hitting the ground running, he was a lot more familiar with what the Seahawks have on hand already. And uh, this was a lot of fun. He was asked about, I think it was Softy, of course, from KJR who asked him because he's a big, big Husky supporter. You know, he had that great trio of receivers at UW with Adunze and Polk and McMillan. And he, he asked him, what about the trio that you have in Seattle? And here's his answer. You're going to like this. Yeah, they're, they're amazing. I'm excited. I'm really excited. I think those guys are um, focal points of the offense, and I think they're smart, tough, and dependable guys. And I think that, you know, the sky's the limit when you got some guys like that and you throw Bobo in there and the rest of the room. I think there's a lot of weapons that can be utilized there. Uh, there's a lot to unpack there. First of all, did you catch smart, tough, and dependable? Is that uh, something he's picked up from Pete Carroll the last couple of years watching the Seahawks from across uh, for, from across Lake Washington, that's, um, that, that's Pete speak right there. And John Schneider speak smart, tough, and dependable, or, or is that something he's just picked up through the process in the last couple of weeks? Uh, they certainly align when it comes to that. The fact that he talked about all three of those receivers. Now, you know, there are some who think that, you know, a decision may be coming with Tyler Lockett, either from him as he contemplates life after football, um, I, I don't see Tyler Lockett going anywhere. I would think, if anything, if he's looking for a little added juice at the end of his career and he sees what that offense accomplished in college the last few years, that he may be excited. If he was on the fence, he may be excited about working with this new coordinator. Um, but then the fact that he just dropped Jake Bobo's name in there too, right? That was pretty cool. Uh, can't wait to see what he does uh, with that position group. He, he of course, was asked about Gino today, and that led to another interesting name drop. He talked about how good he thinks Gino is and how he's excited to work with him, but also Drew Locke. And he talked again, as Mike McDonald did on his coach's show Monday on Seattle Sports 710 and also at his introductory press conference, he talked about Drew as if he's on the roster moving forward. Now, technically, today he is, but he becomes a free agent at the start of the league year on March 18th. It sure sounds like the plan right now is to have both guys back and that those conversations have been had. They had to have been had. Mike McDonald and Ryan Grubb have to have been briefed by Schneider on, hey, here's what we'd really like to do. Because Ryan Grubb even mentioned that he's talked to Drew Locke, even though Locke's back in Florida. He just had his just had a new baby boy. It's uh it's interesting that 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 seems to be the plan. Um, and we're not gonna talk today about what that means. We're gonna get into that heading into the draft, other than I will just say this: you can keep Drew Locke and Geno Smith and still look towards the future at quarterback and draft a guy and develop a guy. Those two things don't have to be mutually exclusive. Um, those are my impressions today. What did you think um, of Ryan Grubb? 
Uh, I can't wait to hear him talk more. I ho- hopefully he'll be doing some of the interview circuit after his press conference today, um, because typically in those, there's more football questions. You know, if he sits down with Wyman and Bob on 7 and 10, Wyman will throw some stuff at him. Uh, can't wait to hear what he says about some of that stuff. Um, exciting times, fun times. Look, these are all new coaches, and it was asked of them today. Like, a lot of these guys are rookie NFL coaches. This could be a disaster. <laughs> this could all go badly. But another common thread throughout all of their comments today is when you hear how these guys talk about Mike McDonald, how organized he is, what a great leader he is, how his attention to detail and his vision. Ryan Grubb uh, talked today, or I think it was Durday, about how McDonald builds a vision. You can see why he was the choice at head coach. Uh, Mookie Alexander, managing editor of Field Goal, is going to join me tomorrow. Now that we know the quarterback situation, we'll certainly talk about that and also just about the overall roster and some of the free agent decisions. Now we're going to start moving forward, focusing on draft and free agency as we usually do in a normal offseason, of which this one has been anything but. Thank you so much for watching and supporting the channel, listening on audio podcasts. Please subscribe and follow. Follow me on Twitter at Seahawks Forever. I am Dan Viennes. Forever and always, go Hawks. Go Hawks.